0: the Saturday Down South podcast a live edition of the Saturday Down South podcast we are here in Birmingham yeah that's right Birmingham not quite Hoover because we're staying at an Airbnb you don't need to know our exact location but we are here live in person for yeah. like this first time and since what SEC championship right
1: oh man feels like forever ago it's been a long Jalen was still with Bama gosh I still times. had my hair you were crying tears of joy I don't know why you bring that up. I made up the hair things. That yeah. that was also made up. I wasn't crying. Yeah. Um. Okay. Saving yeah. cried too. Everyone cried. Yeah. Everybody cried. It's fine. It's Christmas season.
0: Um. Bama was not today, but there were three teams that got us started here at SEC Media Days. We had Florida, we had LSU, and we had Mizzou. I don't. So I want to kind of run through what we our takeaways were from the day and and what we learned getting to hear Coach O, not just Coach O on our podcast, but like actual Coach O. Yeah.
1: I'll go ahead and and just give you guys a spoiler alert. I did not ask Coach O a question in the Coach O voice. Be honest. How intimidated were you? I I just don't want him to hate me. He's a physical specimen.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. We did, though, confirm that that video of him um, falling on the beach and basically
1: eating it, trying to chase that little kid. Not real. Not him. Well, I mean, let's not say that video of him because it was not him. Also, Joe Burrow did not take uh, too kind, I feel like.
0: No, I, I think he took. He chuckled. He definitely chuckled when I asked him about that. I, I did the. I did the Lord's work. I made sure that the LSU quarterback was asked a question whether or not he had seen the video of Coach O. But he said that he he saw it, but it definitely wasn't him, and that I
1: should ask Coach O about the video. Right. The problem was, we already and by that time, COVID. Coach O was already gone. Exactly. I had so. already wet my pants and changed because um, I was nervous. I think. I think we all were a yeah, little bit. I, I would agree with that. But um, it was. It was good. It was, was good. good. I mean. You did your thing again where you asked a question without telling me first. I love doing that. It's my favorite Man, thing. Really caught me off guard.
0: How your, your heartbeat when that happens is how high?
1: 69. Nice. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was probably higher than that, to be honest. The worst part about that whole thing was when I went to open the camera on my phone to film it and then put it on social media, it was already facing me. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which I like to do that on my own terms. That's not, that's not what I want to first see. Let me
0: ease into that. No, it was – but, I mean, I I think that it's something that we need to do now uh, every single time is make sure that we can make you as nervous as possible when when I get to ask a question. Um, It was good overall, though. I I don't think there was one big, massive story
1: today. Um, Which I thought, like, out of all the days, it would have been today with LSU and Florida –
0: Florida played it safe with the Georgia thing. Didn't want to take any shots. They were kind of baited into some questions. Oh, what do you think about the Georgia rivalry? Blah blah blah. And they're like, yeah, I mean, they're you know, it's a, it's a rival. Dan Mullen had a very politically correct answer when asked about whether he thinks the Florida Georgia rivalry should move out of right. Jacksonville. And he's like, you know, I can kind of see both sides of it. And, and you're just sitting there like, yeah, all right, this would be more interesting if you would just I came here come for out fireworks, say, not sparklers, Dan we get a every blind squirrel finds a nut comment, Dan? That'd, yeah. That would make also me a little that. bit more alive and well on this Monday afternoon. But um, no, there, I didn't think that that was anything like that noteworthy. The guy who came out firing, LaMichael, a.k.a. Lamical P. Ryan. My right. goodness. He did not hold anything back today. He said that he's not a fan of Auburn, which love that, that. Florida facing Auburn for the first time since Lamical has been there. Right. So a lot of in is hard for Auburn, yeah. as you can relate to. Well, yeah. Um, but he That headline alone is great. The headline, the headline is great. So if you haven't seen the story um, on SDS, we, we had like three different LaMichael P. Ryan headlines. I don't like Auburn at all. <laughs> so, so the headline from him was, um, Florida running back LaMichael P. Ryan says Auburn called him slow. And then the quote, I'm not an Auburn fan at all. All right. Okay. Fair enough. There was also a quote circling around today that the Florida running back said, um, "You know, like didn't Nick Saban recruit you or something?" And, and then um, he's like, "Yeah." And then the the reporter's like, "Oh, like nobody says no to Nick Saban." He's like, "Oh, the Michael P Ryan did." And it's like, "All right, third okay. person, yeah." Which is funny because my only interaction with um, Lamichael, A.K. Lamical, was asking him if he was the best dressed guy at SEC media days. I think and he was.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, Mullen... I mean, I caught a lot of, a lot of heat on Twitter today from Florida fans. Mullen was That's the most good. swagged out coach again. He had the Jays. He always does. That's like his thing. I about. thought he handled his press conference really well. But yeah, I mean, like, he might have been runner-up, best dressed. I could see that. You and Dan Mullen, both Red Sox fans.
0: That was pretty disheartening. I will say that. Actually, I, that was pretty cool. I feel like I knew that because, I mean, he's from the Northeast. See, I I totally forgot about that. Yeah, people forget that, that he's a Yankee, just like this here guy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't don't like that at all. But, I mean, he's also from the South in his heart and somehow a Red Sox fan. So next time anyone gets mad at me for being a Bama fan and a Red Sox fan, there's also a Mississippi State slash Florida slash Red Sox fan. Yeah, he's from there, though. He's fine. Um, No, I I, I thought that... um, the there wasn't like there wasn't this explosive Florida storyline really. Just I don't think comments. the qu- I was surprised the question about the transfer portal didn't come until 22 minutes in, to a 30 minute press conference. Yeah, I with, was shocked with with Mullen because you
0: made the the joke in the middle of it like the, the transfer portal joke thing, but which right.
1: as we found out obviously not not the case. So but basically, what uh, I said was like breaking zero players from Florida have transferred during Dan Mullen's press conference, but then a minute. An actual minute, we were corrected. Somebody had transferred. Yeah, so it's like a walk-on. Didn't really matter, but joke's still solid. Shout out Thomas Goldcamp. I think yeah. that I just checked that tweet.
0: It got like two thousand likes. Which one? His? Yeah, his. Cool, oh, wow. tweeting it. Yeah. Um, Heard it here first. So good to know that that worked out really well. But there, so Florida, I thought today came in with the most sort of off-season juice. Yeah. And that's that's a credit to to LSU and Mizzou, which easily could be in that position because you look at Mizzou and oh, by the way, you've got this postseason ban that's looming over you. And as we found out today from a report from Dennis Dodd, uh, Mizzou is uh, they're they're going to have their appeal heard, um, I think in the next week or whatever yeah. it is. But they might they're they're not going to hear until mid-August until the earliest, and then they could hear until they might not hear until September. Which, well, I mean, before that, they thought it
1: could be like within like 11 months or something like that, which would be crazy. Or like, it wouldn't be until like December. How is that possible? I, it's weird to be, like, being at Media Days when you're like in the thick of everything, how many things become a story or just like a trending topic? And then how many things that are actual stories, you know, you find out like at the end of the day. Like I, I saw that tweet like, like about Mizzou, they were gonna find out within the week or like they were gonna have their appeal heard within the week. Right. That should have been the news of the day. Yeah, and, it, you know, that's that's kind of a credit to, to Barry
0: Odom and he his ability it. to... Yeah, I mean, he's he's great at, at things like this. And I think he's learned how to handle himself really, really well. And he is able to kind of move past that. And he was asked the question, you know, is this a motivating source for your team? He's been asked that a hundred times. But the way that he answered the question basically by saying, yeah, you know, like, it's not going to do us any good to think about this. Right. But at the same time... It's wasted energy. Yeah, it's it's he can say that publicly, but... Inside that locker room, you're crazy if you don't think that that's a motivating source.
1: I think it's definitely a motivating source, but it, we've said this a couple of times during the offseason, in the most positive ways. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, he pointed out, I thought the best thing that was said, There were some pretty good quotes today, but one of the best things that was said, and, and it's, it really got glossed over, I think, for most of the offseason, but a team that's facing the most, you know, they're, they're under, like, the biggest microscope from the NCAA, like, literally the NCAA mm-hmm. is Mizzou. They haven't lost a single player in the transfer, por- transfer portal. I haven't had anybody enter the transfer That's portal. That's crazy. That's
0: unbelievable. And we we know the offseason comment that that Barry Odom had about, about Tennessee and saying how he thought that he didn't really like that, that Tennessee was apparently calling a bunch of Missouri right. players and trying to contact them. And, you know, th- that, that kind of is what it is. It's the reality of the situation. And I, I get why Tennessee would want to do that. I get why Missouri would be frustrated by that. It's the nature of the beast, it's an awkward situation. But kelly bryant was asked about that again today right and kelly bryant would answer the question by saying no sir like absolutely no thought whatsoever he, It was funny he told the story about how when he what that day he said it was just a weird day overall when they found out about the posters right. ban and he said like you know they're they're all kind of like hanging out of the facility and you know they get their morning workout and whatever and all of a sudden like rumors start coming out and he's like did somebody get fired Like, that was his first thought. Can you imagine? The weird thing is that if somebody had been fired, whether it's Barry Odom or Derek Dooley, that would have had a more likely chance of getting rid of
1: of Kelly Bryant leaving than a bull band. Yeah, I mean, and again, we talk about that. Like, the stuff at Tennessee, too, when that first came out, I don't think we necessarily understood how big of an impact the the transfer portal was going to have on teams. So going back to like him, you know what what Odom said. Like we focused on controlling our attitude and making absolutely zero excuses. And it's amazing that he's not only got all of his players that are returning to buy into that, but also Kelly Bryant, who could pretty much have gone anywhere, and chose Mizzou, and chose Mizzou
0: because he loved Derek Dooley's system, and that's that's what we we've talked about in the past. And as strange as it is, because Derek Dooley felt like such a What I don't want to say a a backup option, but like kind of a—he's an easy target for like a low-hanging fruit joke. Yeah, and and Tennessee fans know better than anyone. It's such—it's still so weird to say that as somebody who consumes SEC content to say Derek Dooley is the reason that this star quarterback wanted to go to Mizzou, and you're like, wait a minute, what? But when he explains it and he says, you know, Mizzou runs the offense that the Dallas Cowboys ran because. That's what Derek Dooley was doing right. there, and that's that's the system that he wanted to play in. He looked at Drew Locke and he looked at the type of throws that he was making to be able to say, "Are you making NFL throws?" I true story. I had an I had uh, I had an NFL agent send me a DM today asking if Kelly Bryant yep. same same exact thing if Kelly Bryant was going to be an NFL quarterback because that's all he talked about. That's that was the conversation of today. And I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, just because he plays in this system, he's going to be an NFL quarterback," but like. That's Kelly Bryant needs to change in the narrative. We talk about that with Jalen right. Hurts and how he's trying to do that at Oklahoma. That's what Kelly Bryan is
1: trying to do at Mizzou. That's why he went
0: there to follow Derek Dooley.
1: Right. And and then so many things that he's like are his strengths in his game, like the intermediate passing routes, like the the short to to you know, like eight yards and under. That's his strength. Absolutely. That's stuff that Drew Locke wasn't necessarily great at. But he had to get good at last year. Because right. otherwise he wasn't gonna be able to move the ball in this system. Agreed. And so when you lose somebody like Emmanuel Hall on the outside anyway, that's you know, you're not going to have the same kind of deep throw. It's not saying they won't, you know, throw the ball and, and kind of like stretch the field. But when you talk about like what Dooley's been able to do in that offense and you, the people they have returning, three offensive linemen that, that Odom pointed out, and I forgot the names, but they have more combined starts than anybody in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Having Roundtree back, who's the most underrated or overlooked running back, maybe in the country. Can we say Albert O's last name? No, I, I, no absolutely not. Oguibunum. Orgeron. Ogeron. Ogara. Whoa. Oker. Anyway, um, the fact that Roundtree, I think, no offense, he wasn't in your top 25. Whoa, we don't need to go there. He had 1,200 yards rushing last year. Probably should have been. I, I admit I beefed up on Regardless not though, I mean, Roundtree like, they there. They got a lot of talent coming back on offense.
0: And he cited that as, an, as another reason as to why he wants to return. I think a lot of people right now are having this conversation about Kelly Bryant. Where does he rank in this... This this really group, what we feel like is a really strong group of SEC quarterbacks. Right. By the way, Greg Sankey, the first thing that he bragged about today. Yeah. We got nine SEC quarterbacks here. You better believe he's going to brag about that. Let's not forget, the SEC has still not had a first-round quarterback since Johnny Manziel. All of these narratives that they're trying to change that, oh, quarterbacks come here to die. And if you're a five-star recruit, you can't. Come and be a star quarterback here and i i think that the sec has moved past that and some of the changing of the systems i think you know a place like lsu and bama that have kind of changed their systems in this decade that'll 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 help them more with the recruiting of that position but like and, and more of the development of that position but i think that that was such a big point of pride and look at i mean look at the teams today you have mm-hmm. you have all three of those teams bringing starting quarterbacks and three guys who in my opinion are in this three to seven range, this right. really interesting range of SEC quarterbacks where you feel like they can kind of go in a variety of ways. Are, is this guy gonna be an NFL guy? Is right. this guy going to develop into this all-conference player, have this great year? Because we tend to think that we have an idea with these quarterbacks. We tend to think we haven't figured out. Nobody was talking about Kyler Murray as his first round number one overall pick last year.
1: Dude, yeah, we talked about it like after, after the playoff. Oh that's like in Vegas it was will he be drafted in the first twenty eight and a half picks yeah a couple weeks later it's like was that the under yeah oh my gosh but no you're right and it, what's interesting about it too is like the the players they have a chance to really take advantage I think of of their situation like where if Bryant goes is still at Clemson and I don't think he would beat Bama last year say they go fourteen and one no he Clemson. doesn't beat Bama there's no way if so for two years in a row that's a combined what twenty seven and two yeah and then Whatever he does this year, he is going to be labeled as a system quarterback. You know, he played weaker competition, had all this talent around him. Now he gets to kind of go make a name for himself at Mizzou and be the guy. And the same thing with Felipe. Like, Felipe's numbers last year are so puzzling because he had 27 passing touchdowns and six picks on the year. 12 games. Or Actually, I guess what? 13 games. Didn't have an interception
0: in his final five games.
1: Right. Which is huge. After post-Georgia, he did not have a pick. Right. But when you look at what he did against SEC competition, he had 10 total passing touchdowns and five picks. Mm -hmm. So you go from like a nine to two, four and a half to one ratio from touchdowns, interceptions to two to one. And I mean, to be fair though, that was in year one of Mullen's system and Mullen has done really well with quarterbacks. So I think what Mullen said today about him buying in and believing that he can grow in that system, that said a lot.
0: Felipe was an interesting um, person to talk to today. And I spent a lot of time uh, at his area because I, I, you know, shameless plug here. I did a story on his, on his baseball prospects. And throws 95. That, yeah. Throws 90. Well, he said 94. He, he corrected me. I didn't like him say, yeah. He corrected 94. Round and I, up. I asked him, I'm like, you know, there's a big difference between 95 and 94, but he hasn't picked up a baseball in five years. Yeah. And he throws, he gets up there and he throws 94. And so like, I think we kind of take for granted because. When we hear something like that we're like oh yeah like we know this dude's got a cannon like big deal and mullen even kind of poked fun at that he's like oh you know but i wouldn't want to get in the batter's box right because i don't think he's got any control and then felipe corrected him he's like no he doesn't want to get in the batter's box with me because he'd strike out right and so i i think that felipe he's he's a fascinating study because he's somebody that and we talked about tonight when we were at our top golf event like the, the event or not the event but like the the things that make Felipe who he is and who what makes him so special is that arm I mean let's, right. let's call it what it is that hasn't changed this offseason the mindset though you can start to see it changing and this maturation process of somebody who's starting to get okay this Dan Mullen guy is pretty good and Dan Mullen talked about that and he's like why don't listen to Twitter coaches on Twitter they're not gonna do you any good like that's, we got a great staff in place. Yeah. They're going to help you out way more than anybody on Twitter. Like block out that noise. And that's been such a big topic of conversation with Felipe. And to kind of see him realize like, all right, I I, I really, like this is my opportunity. Football right. is still what he's pushing for. Baseball is, is a backup plan with him. But somebody who is incredibly talented, I don't ever think he's going to be a 65% passer. You take the good with the bad with him.
1: What was he last year?
0: He was 58% last year. Yeah, he was up 4% it'd be a jump to get up to that high. But, you know, and I kind of asked him, too, about, you know, I said you obviously had to work a lot in Dan Mullen's system to be able to throw these intermediate routes, to be able to complete passes to, you know, guys that are 5 to 15 yards away. Right. Mullen does such a great go- job of scheming those guys open. But at the same time, that that's a change of pace for you. That That's yeah. a little bit harder to have to take something off of your fastball. And he's like, you yeah, know, no, I throw I throw change-ups. I throw curveballs. I was like, you throw curveballs? He's... No, but he, he did say that. Um, but I think that what we look at with Felipe is, can he take this next step? Can he put it all together and not necessarily be this, he's never going to be Jake Fromm accurate, but can he be good enough to where he has more plays like what he did in the beginning of that second half against Georgia, where you're
1: just like, holy crap. Yeah. This kid's special. I mean, he's got all the physical tools. And like, it's like you know, the same thing people say with, with speed. Can't teach speed. Yeah. And I think from, from what it sounded like today... From Mullen's standpoint, the two biggest things that stood out to me were it sounds like Felipe finally gets it. And it's not like he's had a difficult road necessarily, because he's been the starter for, you know. But all a weird the last road. Year. Yeah. Like you have McAlwain, who we also thought was like an offensive guru and like had gosh fun times. Remember that? Gosh. <laughs> so McIlwain leaves and there were times last year, like I could be reading too much into it, but you know, when they're on the sidelines and Mullen's dancing. And Felipe is like, okay, just get away from me, please. Change by the end of the season though. That yeah, definitely changed. A, I mean, but it, you can kind of see, I think, in their relationship and just the way they talk about each yeah. other that he finally gets like, you know what, if I want to grow and get to the ultimate goal for me, like which is NFL or win a championship, whatever, then I need to start listening. Like I can't just get by on like all my own talent, my own coaching, apparently Twitter coaching. Mm-hmm. So I was impressed with Bolin and Florida a lot today. The Gator Standard thing. That also jumped out to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Florida all around, considering we've talked about Florida and people say that we just hate on Florida all the time. Like, we can just say Florida has not had the ideal offseason for a team that won 10 games, for a team
1: that won a New Year's Six Bowl. They haven't had the ideal offseason. I thought they had a good day today. I thought they had a great day. But here's the thing, and I going to say this one more time. If your head coach comes out in a press conference in the offseason when there's nothing going on, so it can't just like, you know, get overlooked cuz there's nothing going on. It's talking season. Oh, it is. If he comes out and says something about Georgia players and recruits being lied to or Justin Fields leaving or like kind of like alludes to it and then has all of his uh, not all of his but several players double digits enter the transfer portal that's that's an easy target, man. You put that target on your on your own back. So, has nothing to do with not liking Florida or their fans or whatever. They don't even have the most Players that have transferred this off season, or in the past eighteen months. However, Mullen was the most vocal about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. LeMichael Pierre. That was another thing he said. Didn't he say Florida has the most like bipolar fan base? They're with you. Yeah. He came came out and said like are There's you know, a they're, lot of
1: teams that could go with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that Florida definitely has a bipolar fan base. I think every fan base to a certain extent, you know, when you're not winning games, they're frustrated. I think the quote was like, you know, they'll. They'll they'll get frustrated with you. They'll even be mad, like at the the kicker or the or the equipment guy. Like it doesn't well, matter mean, who
1: you are. I could agree with him on that one. Hey,
0: everybody can be doing better when you're losing.
1: All right? I mean, but yeah, you're right. Like it is it is odd when you have the season that they had. You're a year early. I mean, you're a year
0: early. It kind of feels like that. And, and I was way you know this time last year, if you told me Florida was gonna win ten games, they're gonna win a New Year's Six bowl, I would have said you're you're right. sipping the and Kool Aid way too much, but. You know, as we talk about them this year, and Mullen made this a point to say it's it's difficult to get from ten to eleven wins. That's tougher to get to from ten to eleven wins as opposed to four to ten. As weird as that sounds, and I think Mullen is kind of speaking to look, like we were not a perfect team last year. Right. And we've talked about that. we said, you know, they from a week to week standpoint, they had some consistency issues. They had weeks where they would show up like LSU and you're like, holy cow, like Florida is Florida's back. Florida's for real. This is what we have th- have been thinking that they could be in this post Urban Meyer era. And then you have games like Kentucky, or you have a game like Mizzou, where you just get wiped out, and you're like, "How is this happening in the swamp?" And I think that it's still the same thing with Florida. And you know, people can hate on this all you want, but to be a team that is competing for SEC championships and the team that Mullen wants them to be, the level that he wants them to be, they still need to be a more consistent team. So I think Agreed. we saw a good. And that starts with Felipe. Today. It, it absolutely does. it has got to be an even-killed guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that was kind of one of the, the takeaways that we saw from him today. Um, so we could, I mean, there are, there are other things that we could probably hit on and other like, interesting notes, interesting nuggets. The that LSU happen.
1: stuff I thought was pretty, out of all the coaches I thought like from today, the, the one that really seemed to say the most or open up the most was Coach O. Yep. Yeah,
0: the, uh, the comment that got our ears perked up a little bit was about Miles Brennan, the backup quarterback for LSU, who had just a, just an odd season overall last year, right. was, was banged up. And I've, I've said repeatedly, and one of the reasons that I'm higher on the LSU offense this year is because, and why I'm higher on Joe Burrow and why I give him the better than the doubt is because the quarterback situation last year at LSU was horrible. You had two kids leave before the start of camp. Right. You had Miles Brennan banged up in the middle of the season. You didn't sign a quarterback in that recruiting class last year. And, and Burrow's
1: coming in with like what? How many weeks for the season?
0: Not not a whole lot of experience to be able to get with that system and, and figure things out. And right. the thing this year that is going to be different, you've got a healthy Miles Brennan. You've also got a heavier Miles Brennan. He's at the slim Reaper. He, no more At all, is, that, that's, that's a good big size quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be able to, to like actually take some SEC hits. Yeah, and that's that's the plan for him. Cocho said that he wants. Miles Brennan to take significant reps this year. That means not just be garbage time. Part of the time. game plan. Week part of the game plan. He wants him to be thinking like he is the starter. That right. was the way that he phrased that. Because once Joe Burrow, once Joe Burrow leaves, which it's going to be a sad day because I like Joe Burrow a little bit yeah. more every day, it's going to be Miles Brennan time. As weird as it sounds, and there's probably a little bit of semantics with the transfer portal. You don't right. want to have a guy like that leave,
1: and your depth would be terrible. But it also it likes. cultivates competition within, like you know within that that position but I mean yeah that was interesting because he opened up with that he did yeah he said that right off the top too and that that that
0: makes me think a little bit more that it's a little bit premeditated with some of the stuff you have to you have to play the game with these quarterbacks now
1: but really do what I would say about that is like this was brought up a lot when Kelly Bryant was at Clemson a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and one of the things they were saying about his game was you didn't see his full game like all of his talents on display and like all of his tools utilized in that offense, because they didn't have anybody behind him. That's true. Yeah, that's true. There's something to be said for that. So you can't like you know like the Syracuse game mm-hmm. when he was like, kind of like banged up. I think that's kind of what what Coach O was trying to say about Joe Burrow. Like you know if there's nobody behind him, you can't really utilize. You can't run him 25 li- times a game like you did against Indiana. Which uh, so I was I, I get that that whole point of like you can't really do all the things in your offense you want to do with Joe Burrow if you don't have a backup. I was shocked that him and Burrow both said what that basically meant was, like, mm-hmm. we can run Joe Burrow more.
0: Yeah. Oh, it, uh, Coach O had the great comment of, you know, I think I think Joe Burrow would run through a wall if we let him. Like, that's that's how and I believe Coach O, and I believe that Joe Burrow would actually do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Coach O's probably run through several walls. Yeah. I mean, it, walls walls against uh, Coach Come on, Joe. Come on. Come, come on. Follow me right now. But, I mean— no, that, that part of the offense, they have so much talent that we've talked about. We expect a lot more out of the offense this year. Top 20 offense. LSU will have a top
0: 20 offense this year. In the year. country? That's, that's my bird. In the SEC? Of, no. Maybe top 20 in the SEC. We'll see how it goes down there. Um, that was a terrible Baton Rouge invitation. Sorry, yeah. it's late. It's 11.50. I've been up since 4 in the morning grinding. Just grinding for y'all. It's a long we're doing. day.
1: Yeah, I... I um, we should have taken, taken the audience through our day. Yeah, we probably should have. Do you want to start Man. from the top? Well, I got up at I don't even know what time, because the time zones thing is freaking me out. I hate to do the Robert California thing, but never start a story with Everyone wakes one up. hour ago. Everyone Um, rode over here, I think the first, I think Sankey went on 1130. Yep. We pulled into the Galleria parking lot at like 1015. Had to film some stuff. So there's never really a time to like settle in. Well, we ate Chick-fil-A. That was you like weren't there for that. 6.30.
0: Yeah, what? Oh, I had, Chick- I had Chick-fil-A twice a day. Double, double header. Good for you. Yeah, I'm very blessed. I wish I did.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so it was like, wasn't a lot of time to get settled in. Had to do some like video recording stuff uh, in between like the coaches and stuff like that. They just, it was nonstop, nonstop all day. And then we didn't leave there until what, like 6.45?
0: Yeah, it was late. We, we ended up staying until about 6.45 after. Um, I mean, we, we had to finish up our stories. You had to finish up some social stuff. It, it was a. It was definitely a long day, and this this first day, just the way that it's set up, they allow you to kind of, you know, when you're everybody's traveling and getting into town and doing all that stuff, and things don't start till late, so they end a little bit later. Right. It was it, it was different. This is my first time in Hoover, though. Beautiful, huh? It's um, how about that Belk? That Belk is is special. We walked
1: through it like completely all the way around. No, it. no. There was a whole another side of it, Connor. What? We took a left. To, I told you, this whole damn mall is bookended. By by I'm pretty sure it's two belks Why sure why do you need to double up on belk? I don't get that. I don't why would you not that's
0: a huge mall I can kind of see why they yeah, do that.
1: yeah, Um No, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's it's just like it's a lot different than last
0: year Oh, yeah, but we found out Greg Sankey came came in hot with a joke. Oh we're going to oh, Vegas man. for SEC media day, Media days next year.
1: Everybody in the media room is like, That's, what? That like almost turned my entire morning around. I was I was kind of like tired from the road. And then, like I said, a little bit frazzled, trying to get everything set, set up and situation, situated. But then, no. Greg Sankey is like, ah,
0: just 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 playing with you. We're, we're going back to Atlanta next year, which is great. I'm looking forward to that. Atlanta's got a lot of benefits. Um, a certain co-host of mine may or may not live there. Um, I don't know why I had to speak about you like you weren't in the room. Yeah, what the hell? Sorry I'm about right here, that. man. Uh, but then we're going to Nashville in 2021. God, I hope I'm still employed. I love it. Oh, if there's ever motivation for us to keep doing our jobs and to keep making our bosses proud, it's so that we can go to Nashville in 2021. Nashville's it, great.
1: Nashville's awesome. I was kind of hoping New Orleans
0: would get thrown in there. New Orleans would be good. That God. could be fun. <laughs> you know... Is, this a, is it a hot take to say I think Nashville would be better than New
1: Orleans? Have you ever been to New Orleans? No. So, yeah, that would be a bad take. That would be a bad take. Um, either way, I mean, we're excited. We're pumped. And no, Sankey, had, Sankey was pretty impressive. He, he, I was a little bit confused when he took this, the podium.
0: So, were you confused by how many jokes he tried to make and then by saying, like, oh, yeah, the Devin White controversy, I didn't hear about that. He was... Dry, he had a dry sense of humor today, much like you did this morning when you texted me that Queso oh, yeah. was coming to the Airbnb in and in, in Birmingham, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" And uh, my people did Delphi not I, think
1: that was okay. We were like, like "Wait, coworkers. Does,
0: does he know like that you can't just like bring a dog to like an Airbnb? Like, there's like a protocol you got to go through." I was freaking out for a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, I can't believe you guys believed that.
0: It was a text, but
1: in hindsight, like the yeah, but I mean, like as
0: Denny Cannell says, "There's no sarcasm font."
1: That's fair. I mean, in hindsight, with the way you guys reacted, I should have brought queso. I think you should have at that point. And then we met a corgi. There's three corgis on our street, y'all. We're
0: on a. This is the street we were meant to be on. Maybe we could say
1: that it was really nice after a very long day. And so instead of recording the podcast when we got back to the Airbnb, Mm -hmm. um, I vetoed that idea. You did. So we can go to. We had like 20 minutes of like downtime, and then went to Top Golf. Connor lost.
0: Uh, the first game.
1: What was it? The only one we that was not a team, team sport that time. Eh, potato tomato. Oh, okay. Um, however, very nice gesture out of you. I come walking outside as we're waiting on the Uber. What do I see? Chris meet our neighbor and his corgi pup Charlie. I made him wait there. I appreciate that. Charlie was adorable. I could I could sense that because he seemed like he was not comfortable with waiting around.
0: Yeah, like I, I was expecting to come down in a minute and then it was like five minutes and I was like, Ah, he'll be down in a minute and then we just kept talking quirky stuff, but
1: I appreciate it. It's a very I mean it's a thought that counts. Can we both agree, Queso? Okay, uh, a yeah. lot cuter.
0: Yeah, I mean I've never met Queso, so I can't officially say that. I met
1: Charlie. Same. it's not a lot of filters that are gonna do yeah. that dog justice. This is true.
0: Uh, no, it was it was great though. We had uh all around. I mean, I think that the day the day went well. We got to see some people that haven't seen a little bit. Got to catch up with uh, Jacob Hester. Got to have nice, nice little, uh, nice little conversation with our good old friend Pal. Good, good old
1: Pal. So, if you're wondering, I was not there for that. I forgot where I was, but I had walked. You're doing away. video stuff. That's right. So I come back from like shooting video stuff, which um, spoiler—it was me getting a manicure. You got an actual manicure in this? Like video? Like halfway. It was for the video. I'm uh, gonna expense that too. What's wrong simple getting simple. a manicure? I mean, if I could have got. Look, what are the other? It should have been a pedicure.
0: Yeah, that's true. Pedicures are definitely better. You're right about that.
1: Regardless, I I come back, kind of mm-hmm. not ashamed. just embarrassed If anybody saw me getting this fake fake manicure, mm-hmm. find out. bomb came over, and was all about STS. Yeah, it's because
0: uh, Paul shared a flight with uh, one of our co-founders, John Cooper, and they talked for for like 15 minutes and have uh, s- some potential things down the road that we want to set up but uh, it was good catching up with Paul and we're, we're hoping to be able to have him on the podcast on Thursday um, but he was he was in a good mood he was really chipper and it was it was good to catch up with him and talk about just uh, a few different things and very yeah very interested in, in all things SDS and it was good you like to tweet? see him love love the tweet about um, the, the Clemson tweet
1: about that was weird so, so provide the context for that so and I feel weird saying it now because We've talked about Kelly Bryant and, like, specifically while he was at Clemson, like, Mm -hmm. his strengths and weaknesses or whatever. But there were several tweets from, like, from the start, like, the first 30 minutes to the first hour of Media Days about Clemson being mentioned more than any other team in the SEC at SEC Media Days. I didn't hear it once. No, I didn't either. A single time. No,
0: yeah. And there was, I, I didn't. I realize it's not Bama Day, but at the same time, if you're gonna make that comment, you right. should probably wait till Bama Day to make it.
1: And it would make sense if if, you know, with Kelly Bryant being there and you know, one of the highest or yes, like, you know, sought most sought after transfer quarterbacks mm-hmm. from the offseason coming from Clemson, but I still didn't hear it. Yeah. No, I, I did not either. We did hear though
0: that the SEC's got a new policy, a little bit more transparency, yeah. with the officiating. The mentions of the at SEC officiating Twitter account on a fall Saturday are going to be A, insane, B, LSU wild, C, just ridiculous, don't even
1: bother looking, or D, all the above. I, I mean, all the above and more. That Like, when he was saying that, I was like, I almost dismissed it because I was like, surely he's Because he had made a couple jokes at that yeah. point. You know, there's like, no hey. way that they – like. They they did basically what he said was there was a a lot of like internal review, I guess, or self-evaluation. You think? From SEC officiating this past offseason. Like, I think they hired like people from Deloitte. Where's Deloitte? It's like a very, very prestigious company. Okay. Like consulting. To Oh yeah, no, that's why that's familiar.
0: Okay. I actually I'm not even just saying that to like sound smarter. I, I did actually have a brain fart there and remembered consulting after you said that
1: but it, it was i mean i think it's consulting i could be wrong but let's go with it regardless i thought that was pretty interesting and then he and then he brought up the fact that like our our replay reviews were an average of 10 seconds faster than uh, the national average which whatever sure sec speed man <laughs> exactly but when he brought up the fact that they were going to be more transparent be more engaging with with the fan base let's see how, how much you want to interact
0: with. That, that fan on a, on a given Saturday who's cursing you out and is, there, there's there's no there there the amount of replies to response that that ratio is going to be insane. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be like a Danny Cannell weed tweet.
1: Yeah, I mean, but but worse. Yeah, because it's going to be people that are actually like triggered by from there. Like, think about like how polarizing sports can be. Anyway, it's literally a team versus another team. Oh yeah, and then you have like any sort of I don't know controversial call or not even that controversial but like people are going to be everyone's an expert i can't believe they're going to open themselves up for this conspiracy theory
0: this was a well first of all nfl um the nfl officiating account on twitter i think they started last year and i don't know if they've actually had success with that but it's just a thing that they can say that they have more transparency with their officials right. and the sec's policy with officiating has always been we just don't talk about it this yeah it's not a thing Ross Dellinger wrote a great story about it for Sports Illustrated, and it basically talked about the need for this because it has become more and more apparent. And at the root of this, the cynical side of me says, you know what? Greg Sankey just doesn't want to look at his mentions on a Fall Saturday and wants to direct them somewhere else. You
1: got to wonder, man, because the self-evaluation—I love that because he, I mean, he mentioned it too—the fact that he wants to us, the conference as a whole, to continuously try to get better, never rest on its laurels. But to add a Twitter account, to go into the belly of the beast,
0: that is a bold move. But I respect it. I respect
1: it. I want to know who's running that account. Oh,
0: man. It's got to be a variety of people, I would tend to think, but just go go into your day knowing that you're going to hate your life for a few hours. It's just not going to be good. I mean, good God. I got to know. We
1: got to find that out.
0: If they have an actual official running that,
1: that's really interesting. There's
0: no chance they do. There's no chance.
1: There's like a a middle-aged official that's equally as good at knowing like the football rule book but and also running social media.
0: But that's the smart thing is you, there will be enough people who think that there is so they'll think they're tweeting it like a Greg Pereira or something oh, yeah. like that or Luke Hockley or you know, one of those... Um, I, like, I wouldn't be talking trash to that guy. That's a good point. Okay, maybe not him but somebody small... Nah, not... not um not the weights guy from that, or the, the muscles guy from the national championship a couple years ago. Not him, because he, yeah, you don't want to talk trash to him. But somebody that's like a, a smaller That's what they official. should do. Yeah.
1: Have that guy run Twitter. That's a great and idea. And also be the head official.
0: Okay. This is like the Jake Laser, we should just hire Navy SEALs idea. Yeah. So, yeah, that's
1: okay. Or Coach O.
0: Or Coach O. For everything. Yeah. I'm, I'd be on board with that. So there wasn't, I don't think that there was this, um, this one massive takeaway, just a lot of little interesting things on Monday, and that could be the case on Tuesday. But what are the things that we're looking for on Tuesday? Because it's a loaded day, and we got Georgia kicking things off. We've got Ole Miss, the Landsharks slash Rebels. We've got Tennessee, and we've got Jimbo closing things out. What's the the one thing that you look at with those teams that you're you're interested to see if maybe you get an answer for, or you think is going to be a, an interesting
1: topic of discussion? You know, I think with Kirby getting so close the past two years to like dethroning mm-hmm. Bama, that's definitely going to be brought up. Um, Jimbo in year two, Pruitt in year two, Matt Luke in year two.
0: Oh gosh, I didn't even realize that.
1: I think that, that'll be the biggest one. Because you look at, you know, just if you want to be, I don't know, like be as specific from that day as possible, you look at Kirby... And the success and like the, like the growth his team had and that program had in year two, like the jump they made. I'm not saying that those programs aren't necessarily going to do that. But year two is when you usually see like the biggest improvement. So that's something I wouldn't compare. I would hope if I was one of those coaches that they would not compare it to Georgia's mm-hmm. year two. But that will be brought up. Um, A&M schedule. Yeah, that'll be a pot. Yeah, and the the over under probably will be brought up. Isn't it seven seven and a half? Seven and a half. Man. And then Tennessee, getting back to a bowl game and getting back to like, you know, I'm big on Tennessee this year, but I think a lot of people are, and I wonder how to find big though. What's what's big I think with, they're with gonna that, that schedule? Win eight games, possibly. They're going to have a very big improvement. Yeah, so over under is six and a half right now. That's,
0: gosh, that schedule is is begging for it. We've yeah. got four very, very favorable non-conference games. Before we move past uh, Georgia, let's do a little over-under. Quick over-under for you. Okay. Justin Fields'
1: questions to Kirby Smart. One. I'll
0: set the over-under at 1.5.
1: I would say under. Because they have so many... Honestly, if Media Days was held in... In Atlanta? Dude, la- yeah, that's a very good point. Or like last December mm-hmm. or something like that it's we're far enough removed from that situation and Georgia has so many big and great things ahead of them. Right. And there's so many other storylines, you know what I mean? Like, and that's not as much of a storyline as much as like, how about Jake Fromm, your starting quarterback? It's taking you on the cusp of you're two minutes away from, of him being like a Tim Tebow type legend in the sec. And, and I mean that, so I'm sure if somebody did a double take in their car or whatever, listening to this, a hundred percent mean that, but also, You think about the recruiting class, all the guys they have coming in. You get Notre Dame at home. That could be a primetime game. That'll be a topic of discussion. But with Fromm being able to beat out Eason and Fields.
0: I'm glad you circled back to that because I laughed when you started that because I remembered last year When Kirby was asked about what it's like having a quarterback room with Justin Fields and Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason. Oh, my Um, God. Guy, Jacob Eason transferred to Washington months ago.
1: That was tough. And what a story to have, like, you know, Ohio State, I understand that Ryan Day is the new coach there. Washington, the Pac-12 is kind of an afterthought for a lot of people down in the Southeast. Maybe, I don't know, maybe fairly. That's fair. But regardless... You're talking about three former quarterbacks that were all Georgia, not just commits, played, suited up, had like, like you know significant playing time for besides Fields, um, for the University of Georgia, and they could all be on like college football playoff level teams. I
0: want to see that parlay. I want to see the Washington, Ohio awesome. State, Georgia just the the georgia quarterback trio parlay is an interesting one and then let's even get stetson bennett's junior college or wherever exactly he's in there let's throw them in there too. get 10,000 one odds um yeah i, I think georgia is going to be obviously the dominant topic of discussion tomorrow the fact that jake Fromm is there people might forget as much as as long as it seems like jake Fromm has been around this is his first sec media days yeah and we're going to get to hear from somebody who has been talked about so much over the last couple of years and you know this is a still such a star-studded group. You're going to see Andrew Thomas, somebody that a lot of people are talking about as a top 10 pick, maybe even a, a top five player in the SEC this year. Best lineman in the country, best. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the most consensus All-American lineman in the right. country right now. So it'll be interesting hearing from him because you know we don't we don't hear from him as somebody that doesn't like you know we're not there in the beat on a, right. on a typical everyday basis. And then, you know, J.R. Reed was there last year as well. But yeah, I think that Georgia is going to dominate the conversation. And Tennessee, I wonder how Pruitt is going to talk about his team because we talk about his bluntness and the yeah, way yeah, that he's set for that. Is he going to be, like, I, I think he'll obviously brush past any sort of talk about, oh, you know, everybody's expecting you to win you know, this amount of games and stuff like that. I think he'll brush
1: past that, but
0: how blunt and honest is going to he be about his team?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, last year, what, he brought, what was it Ethan Wolf? Oh, yeah, who's now at Georgia. Yeah, is he really? Yeah. But he brought him, and he like basically said, like, while he was there, he was like, you know, I didn't think he was good enough to be on the team when I first got here. Told him that. I so, thought, thought he was like a walk-on or a manager or
0: something. Yeah, I thought he was a manager. I think that's what it was.
1: Regardless, like, I'm excited to see how blunt he's going to be because now you're getting into year two where it's like that itch sets in. Where it's <clears> like we got to win now. And you know he wants it. And like I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what Jimbo has to say after his first year in the SEC.
0: Real quick on Tennessee. Actually, this doesn't have to be real quick. I'm interested in your take on this. Are you going to tell Jared Garantano that he's the third best quarterback in the SEC?
1: I'm probably not going to talk to anybody. Why not? Because like, I'm gonna shut down emotionally like I always do.
0: I, I think you need to make your presence felt with some of these guys and let them know, because they 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 know they hear they hear the talk and they need to know See, that you're the person. See, what worries me
1: about that is that like I would love to converse with these guys in a setting where it's like, here let's let's have a back and forth. We're gonna ask you, a, I don't know, you can five do that. Or ten questions. We can do Family Feud, all that. I know, knowing myself, and you know this too, and most of our listeners probably do. The first question, that initial hump. You know it's going to be the most awkward, voice-cracking, no. uncomfortable question. Hey, Jarek, big fan. You uh, stand-up
0: comedy. You could handle yourself just fine. You've been performed. You've been on stage. It's the same thing. You're talking to kids who are... You think are, I should
1: take the mic over tomorrow? Yes. Absolutely. Just do a quick 15. Kirby, fake punt. What do you got? Roasted. Boom, roasted. Um, more like Kirby, dumb, am I right? First time it's ever been said. And that's why I'll be escorted out of the building. Yeah, that wouldn't um, be like no, I mean I, we could talk to JG.
0: I th- I think that I think you need to make it known. He needs to know that him. I
1: was I was first on the bandwagon. Yeah, you dating were dating back were to leading, last year.
0: You were leading the bandwagon. I'll, I'll give you credit for doing that.
1: Is there a question in there, sir? No, I just no. want you to know no. that I love you. Say thank you. Yeah,
0: um, he's definitely going to have a lot of thoughts about Jim Cheney. Um, I think that'll be a pretty popular topic of conversation. And then yeah, Jimbo, it's strange with him because usually when we talk about these coaches with who have recruited so well, and they have sky-high expectations. As we just said with Pruitt, we expect this big year-two improvement. But with A&M, the schedule is really smacking him back down to earth. And it's as daunting as it is. It's going to be a little bit different because I think we're going to get a comment. We could get a comment from Jimbo basically saying, I wouldn't be surprised if we improve this year and even, you know, we could have a better team this year and the wins might not necessarily show it. He might not say it in those exact words because he's not going to like—
1: dirt on his team, but something to that effect.
0: And I wouldn't disagree with him.
1: No, I agree with that. I, I tell you, I wonder how much substance there's gonna be in any of his words. None. I wouldn't think so either. You know what I am interested to see? Not necessarily Matt Luke, but Matt Corral. Oh, Everything gosh. you've seen from him so far in the field oh, that's is tomorrow. like I so forgot. fired up, like, you know, where's his emotions, like, on his sleeves. That guy. Egg Bowl, your thoughts, that's your quote. That oh. was brought up uh, with Seiki today. Oh, yeah. Fighting. He's like, oh, well, yeah. it's actually personal, though. He's <laughs> like, okay. Um, he but had, like, no, some like,
0: weird way to phrase that, too. It was yeah. like something flagrant, and we're like, oh, wait, he's serious? That wasn't just two dudes fighting in the end zone and starting a melee? That was not melee? one of his jokes. Like, that was, he, was being yeah, he was serious, serious about, like, about that. He was defending
1: that. It was like, all right. But, like, Corral, like, man, he's a freshman. I don't remember the last time I've seen a freshman at media days. Mm-hmm. And so it says a lot, you know, about Matt Luke's trust in him. One, but two, God, I hope he gives us a good, a good soundbite. The
0: last second-year player that I that I can remember seeing at media days, and there's probably one last year. I'm going to sound like an idiot for saying this, at Big Ten media days, Keyshawn Vaughn, aka Red Mamba, was there for Illinois, back in his second season what? there. Yeah, Lovey Smith brought him with. It was Lovey Smith's first year, and he brings Keyshawn Bond. He's like, This guy's gonna be the face of my offense, and then he didn't give many carries. And then he left. That was the
1: end of the Keyshawn I think Bond story That worked Mike. out
0: better at Fandy. Yeah, for real. Yeah, that won't happen with Matt
1: Corral. We don't no. think. I mean, I think if there's anybody tomorrow that could give us a great soundbite, it's definitely Matt Corral.
0: Yeah, he's up there. Um, who else would be a good candidate for for a great soundbite, it, it's tough because so many of these guys we we haven't heard from we haven't heard from them in a media day setting jared i think a media reed. day setting is different jared reed was a little bit on the duller side he dresses very very well yeah but his quotes are not always like packing a big time punch like he did he really did not want to get into anything second and 26. he was on the opposite side yeah. of the field so it wasn't like he was burned on that play but I remember kind of asking about that, and he just had a very like politically correct, shut it down, I'm not going right. to talk about this type of answer.
1: I, I wouldn't then. mind asking from him about his off-season fishing habits this year.
0: Has he had any major fishing injuries? Has he been injured. Is he so officially no. a professional fisherman?
1: Officially.
0: Can he be Can he be punished by the NCAA for accepting money? Yeah, I mean, they'll fishing? find a way. They'll find a way. Yeah, I mean, he's that he you know, sandwich Luke, probably. I, guess, so. I
1: think as well, like... They have to replace so much on offense. I, I want to know what kind of command he has in the room because, and I'm not saying this in a rude way to him or Ole Miss or their fans, but I feel like we don't really take him as seriously.
0: Well, it's the position that he's put in. I mean, let's mm-hmm. not let's not forget that a couple of years ago, everybody's wondering what's 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 going on with Hugh Freeze, and then we find out that that he's gone, and Matt Luke is just kind of this interim. Take over, and because of the state law in Mississippi, you can only give a coach a four year contract. That sort of limited what they're able to do. You still right. have the NCAA cloud hanging over you. So we sort of view Matt Luke as this, this stopgap. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair because he's obviously been a great part of that offense and what they've been able to do. But at the same time, I think Ole Miss fans kind of realize, like, all right, like, we don't have anything holding us back. It's not like we hit November and we don't have the postseason. We're just going to fall off the face of the earth, kind of like right. they did last year. We need to be able to show that we're making these strides. But the problem with all that, and while I like the offseason moves that he's made with hiring Mike McIntyre, with hiring Rich Rod, you're still so freaking young. You're so young. You're the youngest offense in the country.
1: They, could, uh, they can make vast improvements on defense and still finish seventh in the SC West. It's... It's gonna be, it, I, and I've done the crystal ball, and I, not to tease anything, but all their it's a tough outlook for Ole Miss. It's all a their, tough their games outlook. that we think could be a toss up are in the first month.
0: They got Memphis on the road. Memphis is my Group of Five pick to go to the playoffs. Six and a half. Point not to go, to go to the playoffs. Take that back. Go to New Year's Six. Let you it's late. Done. It's late. No, no, no. I'm okay. That's that's, that's a dumb get some, comment. Okay, we, got, me. Get some we pizza. gotta eat some pizza. Um, it is very, very late, but we're gonna have podcasts every single day. This whether week, you like it or not, you're gonna. T- you'll you'll get what you which what whatever we got coming there's that yeah yeah that was also
1: cool. shout out to i don't remember her last page
0: shout out Paige, who we sat next to today at media days said that she loves the sds twitter account whenever people say that to me i'm like that is 100 marler he kills it on there um make sure that you give marler some some golf claps on the internet because he deserves it crush it on social Thanks, media of course our whole team today. I mean, we really, I, I hope everybody has been consuming all of our stuff on SDS. We've got, we've got four people here just absolutely, you know, going crazy in terms of the written content. Also, we've got Chris Wright here. We've got Michael and We've got, shout out to our guy, our video guy and our podcast guy, Buck, who is also in town with us here doing some great work for us. We're going to hopefully record a bunch of interviews tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday. We didn't have an interview on today just because Monday is kind of an all over the place day for us, um, just with people getting here. But hopefully we're going to have some of those coming down the pipe very, very soon. So um, is there anything else, anything else that we should look forward to on Tuesday? Will I have Chick-fil-A three times on Tuesday.
1: I mean, set the bar high, man. Set the bar high. Shoot for the stars. land in the clouds.
0: Whatever is. Um, Coach Joe, we know you're in Birmingham. You're here. Oh, you think so?
1: I mean, no. actually, no, I take that back. You definitely are. Work on your golf game. Work on your golf game.
0: My golf game needs improvement. We can, we can admit that. It just me four. Just means four. Four. Oh, four. There you go. Oh yeah. Coach, that
1: was good. That's a good pun. Yeah. Okay, I, we gotta get we gotta get out of here. Yeah. Talk to you guys tomorrow.